Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Que Golazo Tuesday, and it's a new one, but it means that Fabrizio Romano joins the show to discuss the latest in the transfer market. We discuss what happened with Antonio Conte and Tottenham. What's going on with Gini Wijnaldum as well? And of course, Donnarumma on his way to PSG. What does that mean for Keylor Navas? We discuss Jadon Sancho and Manchester United and so much more. Que Golazo with Fabrizio Romano begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Gego Lasso on this Tuesday. It's not a Monday, it's a Tuesday. And I had to check myself because we welcome my man, mi hermano Fabrizio Romano. Fab, how are you, my friend? Hello, my friend. I'm fine, I'm fine. Thank you. It's so strange to be on Thursday, but we are always ready. Uh, every day we're ready and checking news because we are in full transfer market now. And so there is always something to check. I know, but it's so weird that it's a Tuesday, but hey, I, by the way, me and Fab talk all the time on WhatsApp, but taping on Tuesday is very strange. So I, I, ne- I checked myself. I nearly said Monday, but it's a Tuesday. It's a Fabrizio Romano day. And Fab, we have plenty to discuss for everybody. We're going to get into it, everybody. I promise. But Fab, I want to celebrate right now. I want to party. I want to get the cake out. I want to get some drinks because Emiliano Buendia is an Aston Villa player. And I promised all my Aston Villa friends that we just quickly celebrate this at the top of the episode. Fab, how amazing is this? Uh, just talk to me about, you know, the overall deals and how they beat Arsenal to it. Yes, finally, it's here we go. So you can celebrate and now it's official. So Emiliano Wendia will play for Aston Villa and something really huge because Arsenal were trying to sign him. They were really, really serious reopening talks with his agents after they wanted him in December and then also in the first bid, an opening bid to um, to Norwich to sign Emiliano Buendia around 30 million. So they were really prepared to try for Buendia. They were working on both Buendia and Odegaard, who is back at Real Madrid now. So they always wanted to work on both sides. But Buendia was a real target for Arsenal. But Aston Villa have been really convinced with the big proposal to the player, to Norwich, because it will be around 34 million euro with add-ons to pay to Norwich in the next year. So it's been something really huge from Aston Villa, but also about the project. It's also about the project. When you have a serious project, when you are really focusing on this player, when you make the player feel that you want him and nobody else, you can do it. And that's how Aston Villa signed Emi Wendia. Um, also because the, the proposal was better than Arsenal one. As I said, Arsenal were working also on Odgard, so it was not so easy to, to go for it. But congrats to Aston Villa because they signed an incredible player. And I think it's so similar to the situation we were discussing together about Rodrigo De Paul, Argentinian player, talented players, fantastic players in my opinion, because Rodrigo De Paul is amazing as Buendia. And let's see what happens also with the Paul this summer, because you know that he's probably leaving 
Udinese and now Atletico Madrid are the big favorite to sign him. They want him because Saul could leave the club and Rodrigo De Paul could be his replacement. So there are good chances to see Rodrigo De Paul to Atletico Madrid this summer as Buendia is a new player of Aston Villa. Beautiful. De Paul is a tremendous talent. We've got some followers and listeners that are always like, Fab, please talk about De Paul. Well, guess what? We just did. Okay. So Atletico Madrid is in the race, but still plenty to do uh, for the player from Udinese and Argentina, of course. And just one thing that you just said, by the way, Fab, about Aston Villa's project. This is a project. Uh, very good owners. There's no debt in the club. And this is why this is just another objective, bringing in Buendia. So when people say, oh, is he a replacement for Jack Grealish? I mean, we can't predict the future, right? We don't know. But make this for certain. Aston Villa is in no urgency and no dire need to sell Grealish. So if anybody wants Grealish, they're going to have to pay a tremendous amount of money. It may happen, right? There's still Man City you know, clubs that are interested. But to Fabrizio's point, there's a project at Villa. And I believe that Wendia is, is, is in addition to that as opposed to a replacement. Would you agree with that, Fab? 100%. 100% agree. It's perfect. Also because when you have this kind of killer project, when you sign this kind of player, of course, with Grealish, it's part of the game. If an important bid arrives, it's, it's normal to sell this kind of players because it's part of the game for, 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 for these clubs. But for sure, they, they don't need to do it. So if Manchester City or any other club will arrive with an important bid, okay, we will talk about it. But at the moment, the situation is still... Quiet, there are the Euros. Jack Grealish is focused on the situation. So we need to wait a bit. We need to wait a bit for Grealish, but enjoy Amy Buendia because with this kind of project and with this kind of player for sure, something like something important in their hands. Absolutely. All right, let's move on because everybody's going to be like, all right, stop talking about us. So we have plenty <laughs> more to discuss. And here's the big one. Donnarumma, a tremendous goalkeeper, 22 years old, obviously uh, wanted by many clubs, but as you just tweeted as we're taping this, uh, the PSG move uh, is basically set. Uh, talk to me about this move, uh, Fab. Yes, it's basically done. It's just missing some details and to sign the contract. And so we have to wait till we sign the contract because as we saw about Wijnaldum and we're going to talk about him, but you have to sign the contract and then it's done with free agents. But now the agreement, the verbal agreement is completed. Donnarumma is set to join Paris Saint-Germain for five years. Uh, his net salary per season will be around 12 million euro add-ons included. So it will be around 8, 9 million euro with add-ons to arrive to 12 million euro per season. And the agreement has been completed with his agent, Peter Ayola. Paris Saint-Germain were talking with Ayola also about other players. Moyes came to have him on loan for one more season from Everton. And Xavi Simons, so interesting midfielder, talented player. They want to extend his contract with Ayola. So they were talking with him. There was this possibility with Donnarumma. And Paris Saint-Germain decided to go for it. So Donnarumma will sign soon. We expect him to sign in the next few days. Uh, they are already planning for the medicals with Italian national team camp. So they're preparing everything to do the medicals with Paris Saint-Germain. But he's just one step away from joining Paris. So Donnarumma will leave Italy and play with Paris Saint-Germain. I just want to say, there's no such thing as a free transfer, everybody, okay? Because, like, this is salary, five years, around 60 million euros, okay? So everybody, I, I get it, like, there was no purchase fee for the club, but nothing is free in this day and age, all right? I just want to, so let me ask you something, Fab. Keylor Navas, what's, what, what's the deal then? What, what's going to happen? Is Donnarumma meant to uh, compete with Navas for the number one spot? Is he going out on loan? What, what's the situation for next season when Donnarumma arrives? 
No, what I'm told is that they will compete. Of course, the Keller Navas is an important player, is a key player as a player, as a man, also in the dressing room, is so respected. So my personal feeling and is that Keller Navas will start, of course, and he will be the goalkeeper of Paris Saint-Germain. But trust me, Donnarumma is an amazing goalkeeper. I, many times I talk about him with people from outside here in Europe and they don't know him because he was never playing Champions League. He was never playing World Cups or Euros. He will now with Italy, but he never played at top European level with AC Milan. But here in the Serie A, he's been fantastic. So he's an incredible goalkeeper. So he will fight for the place. I think that Kaylor will start. I think that Kaylor is so important for Paris Saint-Germain, but they signed a star for the future. That's for sure. And maybe the first season he will have playing maybe in, in the Cup of France, something like this, some matches in the Champions League group, maybe something in Ligue 1. So they will decide and manage with him to, to show him his skills, to show his skills. But for sure, for the future, they have one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I'm convinced that he will become one of the best, 100%. Best goalkeeper since Buffon? In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yes. He's incredible. He's incredible. He started playing as a starter at a Milan when he was 16. And we're talking goalkeeper is like five years. He's a starter goalkeeper at a Milan. And now he's 22 and he was a leader. He was the captain of AC Milan. So imagine what kind of, of player he is. Of course, bigger Paris Saint-Germain is different. Playing Champions League football is different than Serie A football. So let's see what will be his level in this kind of European top football. But the player is amazing. Amazing. Uh, we will see what happens as these news develop. But PSG uh, looks like they're having a new player coming in. All right, let's discuss uh, Wijnaldum. Former, well, not for well, I guess former right now, right? His contract's up, like Wijnaldum, uh, Liverpool, of course. Uh, the talks were about Barcelona. Then we heard that PSG was stealing that move. What's the latest on Wijnaldum? It's been crazy, really. Uh, I'm happy to talk about Wijnaldum because it makes people understand how crazy is the transfer market world, you know. Uh, because you can, in, in particular with free agents, I still remember when Adrien Rabiot had a contract, a pre-contract signed with Barcelona and then he decided to move to Juventus and to broke his pre-contract with, with Barcelona. He's been basically the same. It was not signed, anything signed like pre-contract, but there was a verbal agreement between Gini Benaldum and Barcelona. It was almost a done deal. It was really set to be completed. This week, Barcelona wanted to announce Vinaldum as new signing. They had medicals planned for Vinaldum. So it was all but set to complete the deal. And then what's happened? That uh, Paris Saint-Germain in this moment, when Barcelona were planning for something, still waiting to complete some close to have the deal completed and announce it, uh, Paris Saint-Germain made an important bid. The salary of Vinaldum will be doubled by Paris Saint-Germain. So an incredible bid to the player. Same contract, three years. So Wijnaldum said yes to Paris Saint-Germain after thinking for 24 hours about this proposal and Barcelona chance. But he wanted to join Paris and it's done deal now with Paris Saint-Germain. He's going to have his medical and he decided to accept Paris Saint-Germain. But it's really crazy how free agents, till they sign the official contract, you have to be careful because everything can happen. That's it. So PSG making some absolute moves right now. And like you said, nothing is determined until like that final dot is signed uh, on a contract. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there's plenty more, including Manchester United, Jadon Sancho. And, you know, what's what happened with Conte and Tottenham? Incredible. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Kigo Lasso with Fabrizio Romano Fab. Antonio Conte and Tottenham were destined to be together, or so we thought, but then it broke down. Um, I guess Conte realized that uh, the plan wasn't up to scratch from Tottenham's perspective. 
there was like uh, hirings of sporting directors. What's the latest? What's going on? What happened with Conte and Tottenham? You know, probably I'm the biggest Antonio Conte fan between European journalists because I love him and I think he's one of the best managers in the world. So I start saying like this, but I want to explain to people that if you want Antonio Conte as your manager, you have to be 100% on the same point with him. He's so particular, you know, he's always on his vision, on his point. He wants the club to be 100% together with him or he's leaving, as he did with Inter. So we didn't see the vision. He won the Scudetto. He was the hero of Inter this season. But he decided to leave also if the team was strong and everything, not just because of financial situation, but also because he was not seeing the right vision for the club. So he wants to be 100% at the same point. What happened with Tottenham? They were discussing. They were in talks. It was really advanced at the same point because they were planning for something like the project and potential transfer market together. So they were working around it. But what happened? One of the problems was about the staff because Antonio Conte with his staff is doing an amazing work around Europe with, Euro- with Chelsea, with Juventus, with Inter. So he wanted to bring more than four staff members and Tottenham said you can only bring four staff members. So this was the first problem between Antonio Conte and Tottenham and why they had some, starting with some issues. Then there was some problem about deciding about the players because Conte wants to decide together with the board about what kind of players we need to play Antonio Conte's football. So that was another problem because in this summer, you know, with the hurricane issue, you have to plan about everything at Tottenham and it's not so easy. So you have a lot of clubs in the Premier League ready to win, Manchester City, Manchester United improving, Liverpool, Chelsea winning the Champions League. So, you know, the situation is so difficult to win in the Champions League, in the Premier League. And Antonio Conte always wants to feel that he has also 1% of chance, but he wants to feel that he can win. And with Tottenham in this moment was getting really complicated. So they started to have some problems about the stuff and they completed the, the broken because it was really complicated to plan together about transfers, about budget, and also about salary because they had a difference of 3 million euro between what Conte asked and what Tottenham were offering. So that's why they break. And now they have a new sport director, that is Fabio Paratici, will be the new director of football coming from Juventus, joining Tottenham. And he will decide in the next days with Daniel Levy, who will be the new manager. So they're keeping it very quiet at this point, right? There's no hint or suggestion of which way they're going to go. Yes, typical Fabio Paratici style, I would say, because he always did like this. Also at Juventus, if you remember last summer, they came with Pirlo out of nowhere because they like to work like in silence. That would be the same for Tottenham. It was so public about Pochettino and it was a no from Paris Saint-Germain. It was so public with Antonio Conte, it was a no from Antonio. So now they need to go uh, so quiet, so silent, and then let's see what happens with the manager. But I think it's just a matter of days. Interesting indeed. Well, one thing that hasn't been uh, that private is uh, Manchester United's interest in Jadon Sancho, obviously uh, a very talented player, uh, not in the England squad, actually, but he, he did, you know, play, took part this past weekend in, in a friendly. So what, what's the latest with that? Because obviously Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League, they're a little bit more comfortable, but, you know, uh, I believe they're, they're willing to listen. What's the latest? Yes, um, this summer is different because last summer they wanted 120 million euro. This summer they have a gentleman agreement with Jadon Sancho. So if an important bid will arrive, we let you go. And when I say important bid, it's around 90, 95 million euro. So no longer 120, but it's 90, 95. So it's up to Manchester United. If they want to play here, they know about the fee, how much they have to spend, and they know that the player is ready to move, and there is now an agreement. For, him letting, for, for Borussia Dortmund letting him go this, this summer. What's happening now? Manchester United are talking 
with players camp so with these agents they are informed they are working around it to complete and they hope to complete soon the agreement on personal terms also with the player the contract the salary and everything so they are working on it and they are working also directly with with the agents and then they need to negotiate with Borussia Dortmund they know about the fee so let's see about the timing if they want to do it quickly or not my feeling is not just a matter of days it will take some time to complete the deal. But for sure, Manchester United are interested in Sancho and they are working around Jadon Sancho. But at the moment, there are still no negotiation with Borussia Dortmund and still no official bid to Borussia Dortmund. So it will take some time. We will see. But for sure, the main target at the moment is Jadon Sancho. It's up to Manchester United. So let's see. After last summer, they were really one step away from, Jadon, from signing Jadon Sancho. One step away. Let's see if this summer they will do it. Unbelievable. Let's see if they're now half a step away from doing it now that it's a little bit cheaper. It's not cheap, but it's a little bit cheaper than last summer. All right. Well, Fabrizio, before you go, uh, this is our last chat before the Euros begin. So I really just wanted to to hear how you feel about your Italian side. Uh, they're looking good, talented, uh, Mancini feeling confident, but there's other teams. When you're thinking about the Euros, uh, how hopeful are you of Italy and, and what other teams are you thinking of? To be honest with you, I have not great feeling for Italy. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm Italian. I love my team. I will support Italy. But I'm not so, so confident, to be honest. I think we miss some top European international players. You know what I mean? So we have good players, okay? But we miss a part of Verratti. He has some physical problems. But we miss some big European player. That's the problem. That's the point. I mean, this kind of competition is so important to have leaders that know how it works in the Champions League or in top matches. And we are missing something on this, point, on this point. So I hope we can do something incredible because it's part of our history and we already did it when no one was expecting Italy to win. We did it. So never say never with Italy. But about the technical point, I'm not so convinced. I think it won't be something really easy for, for Italy. And I think that France national team in this moment they are playing another sport. It's not football. They are playing something like Space Jam, you know? It's, it's totally different. They have three teams, I think. They can win the Euros with three different lineups. That's it. Absolutely. Their under-21s could get to the <laughs> final, maybe. It's, yes. un, un, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so, well, excellent. Well, we will definitely talk to you during the tournament, so very excited to hear about that. But Fabrizio Romano, always a pleasure. Make sure that you follow him on Twitter, Fabrizio Romano. Read his articles on CBS Sports and, of course, follow him on Instagram as well. This man is always, always on top of everything. The best in the business and he's part of Kego Lasso every single week. Fabrizio Romano, grazie. Thank you, my friend. As always, always pleasure to be together on Kego Lasso and see you soon with other news and on CBS Sports as always. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Fabrizio Romano for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Que Golazo Pod. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe on our YouTube channel. It's growing day by day. Thank you so much. YouTube.com forward slash Golasso. We're on CBSSports.com and your CBS Sports app as well. Please keep supporting us. We got plenty more to come, including a full-on preview of the Euros 2020, as well as Copa America, and so much more. Have a great, great rest of your week. <laughs> <laughs>